Located in the beautiful city of Philadelphia, a Star Wars podcast emerges from hyperspace. My name is Sean, and MRC Tech presents The Last Podcast. What are you talking about? Welcome to the podcast, everyone. This is episode one, titled Episode Four. Because this is the first podcast, I will go over the format of the podcast prior to starting any of the news or discussion items that I want to talk to you about. First, I want to go over a little bit of background of myself. I'm a 30-year-old nerd that lives in Philadelphia with uh, my beautiful wife and daughter and dog in a row home. Uh, I've loved Star Wars all my life. Uh, I have the original VHSs uh, sitting on my desk right now. I collect Lego Star Wars toys and figurines. I have played mostly all of the Star Wars games, uh, watched the movies multiple times, watched the Clone Wars, watched the Rebels, watched Resistance, read all of the canon books, not Expanded Universe, okay, the canon books, uh, back and forth since Disney took them over. I saw The Phantom Menace in theaters, Attack of the Clones in theaters, Revenge of the Sith in theaters, did not see the originals in theaters, did enjoy the special features of the original trilogy. So, you know, I didn't really experience that magic of Star Wars 4, 5, and 6 in the theaters, but I can tell you what it felt like when they announced Episode 7, and it was just fantastic. I couldn't believe they were coming out with a 7th episode after tidying up the story in episode six the speculation uh was palpable uh we you know where were you going to take the story were the original people going to come back it was just a wonderful time in 2015 really really was so they announced the trilogy you know episode seven eight and nine jj abrams helming it in 2015 well-renowned director writer producer uh, I'm a fan of J.J. Abrams, so I knew that he was going to be able to pull that off, especially the way he handled Star Trek, in which I, I have no interest in Star Trek, but I really like that movie franchise, the reboot uh, with Chris Pine. He, they did a really good job with that. Um, you know, and then a uh, little bit more background on me is that, you know, I guest starred on We Podcast and We Know Things, to bring a little bit more of my Star Wars knowledge, and then Greg offered to sort of host my own little subset podcast, going a little bit deeper into the Star Wars lore than maybe they would. Uh, they would maybe uh, we, the We Podcast team would, you know, briefly hit on like a Star Wars item, but in this podcast we're going to be able to chat a little bit uh, because the format of this will be, uh, you know, an opening episode and a closing episode in terms of, you know, here's the topics I'm going to bring up, respond to the topics, and then when the next episode comes around, we'll address those topics and then move on to new topics, sort of. Uh, that's kind of how the format will work. Uh, so I am excited to bring this to you. Uh, it is a solo podcast for now, and that's always difficult because banter is the best way to get across a point sometimes, but I am a high school teacher, 
So I usually have people staring at me and I'm talking by myself anyway. So I'm hoping to bring a little bit of that pizzazz to you whenever and wherever you decide to listen to this podcast. And of course, any listen is a great listen and any feedback is uh, really loved. You know, I'm always looking for feedback, always looking to improve it. So please don't be afraid to give that feedback. So uh, moving on to the format of this podcast, we'll go over a few news stories. I'll have a shout out to the We Podcast Network. Uh, we'll have some random thoughts, discussion responses, and then moving on. So, you know, I, I thank you for tuning in. And again, the first few podcasts are going to be a little raw just because uh, there'll be a bit of pauses as I'm going through my thoughts. I've written some things down, but it's not so far away from lesson planning and I lesson plan for a living. So bear with me as we go through this journey together already. Five minutes have passed and I'm rambling on about myself and that really shouldn't be it. But if you do have any questions, please follow me on Twitter at MRC Tech Talks SW. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, MRC Tech. Like my Facebook page, MRC Tech. I do not have an Instagram page just yet. I suppose that'll be coming next, whatever. I've had my business since 2016 uh, doing tech support uh, and supporting you know small businesses and individuals, giving them friendly advice and you know consulting for some uh, community centers and elementary schools and all that jazz. So uh, please. Give me a shout out. Give me a review. Uh, I would really appreciate that. And if you do have any tech questions, email me, Sean at MRCTechLLC.com. Speaking of that, my website is www.MRCTechLLC.com. Feel free to drop me a line, connect with me, and let's have some great discussion. First and foremost, the number one news story that, of course, is a little bit old now, since I'm starting this podcast a little late, is the rise of of Skywalker, the teaser trailer in which we finally, after months of nothing, no news whatsoever, we get something to chew on for a few months. When J.J. Abrams uh, took up the helm of Episode Nine, he promised the fans that he would make a Twitter account, he would be posting updates. Well, he did. Twice over a span of a couple of years, or maybe not years, but a couple months. And I think his first post was in August, and the next post was, again, just, you know, a, a month ago or in April. I think that's when Celebration was. And it was, you know, it's just amazing that we got an opening shot and a closing shot, and that was it. And I commend this industry for not blowing any secrets. It's truly amazing that despite the sometimes lack of integrity of the internet, we heard nothing, no rumor, of how this story is going to go. And honestly, were people even talking about it after the backlash of The Last Jedi? Uh, that's a discussion for another day, but, you know, a lot of fans lost faith in the franchise after that movie. And I can understand why they would feel that way. The Last Jedi certainly is not a perfect movie. I don't think any of them are perfect. The Force Awakens 
was like a nostalgic roller coaster back into the wonderful fantasy world of Star Wars. And it was, you closed your eyes and you were back, baby. Han Solo was back. Leia was back. Luke was back briefly. And we got that magical feeling. And then The Last Jedi completely blew up our expectations. Some people took it good. Some people took it bad. Uh, you can go on Twitter for yourself. Look up the hashtag The Last Jedi and see what you see what you find. You're going to find really positive stuff and really negative stuff. That's just the world we live in. I fall on the side of positive, but there's aspects of that movie that I just don't like. Stay tuned for a full movie breakdown of The Last Jedi coming in future episodes. Uh, I am going to spend my time watching the movie and recording my reaction and bringing that to you. I think that'll be a fun little exercise. So segueing into that, I am going to watch the last or the the Rise of Skywalker teaser and comment live for you to give you my thoughts on it. And I will uh, splice that audio into the podcast so you can listen along with me. Heavy breathing. Lucasfilm. The breathing is calm. She is holding a lightsaber. Her arm has a uh, brown leather patch on it. We've passed on all we know. Luke saying, We've passed on all we know. Camera pans down. She grabs the lightsaber. A thousand generations live in you now. A thousand generations live in you now. Pretty cool shot of the lightsaber and Han's blaster. So it's like two this icons together. She seems to have some resolve. People had a problem with every generation as a legend. Is Rey the legend? Is been sold of the legend uh, I'm okay with Ray. we have a wonderful wide moving shot of a desert area with the TIE silencer bearing down on Ray. she activates the lightsaber turns around and starts running now I think this sequence is certainly a training exercise or some sort of dream but damn is it good Jedi flip and jump Wonderful dramatic music with a ship going into a cityscape we've never seen before. Kylo Ren crushing people, his helmet fixed, Poe and Finn, BB-8, Lando is wonderful, he's laughing. The saga comes to an end. We have a skiff shootout like in Return of the Jedi. The medal from Yavin base, Princess Leia, General Leia and Rey hugging. And a group really adventures gone. to the remnants of the Death Star with the laugh of Palpatine crushing our spirits. The title card, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. My lordy. I was really loud in my headphones, so I believe that's going to be pretty loud for you. But hey, man. I gotta say, I watched that live, and please check out my reaction video. It's really basic. Uh, it's vanilla for what it is, and uh, I just, like, I was blown away. I don't know. It's something about 
J.J. Abrams and how he puts together trailers and whoever does whoever's job it is is to put together trailers has just a, like a fantastic you know awesome experience because they must just get those butterflies every time they they make a trailer it's pretty cool but there's so much to talk about you know first and you know okay so obviously this story is about Ray. Poe and Finn, and it's always been about Ray, Poe, and Finn. They are the three main characters. It makes sense. It rhymes with the original trilogy of Luke, Leia, and Han. It rhymes with the uh, prequel trilogy with Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Padme. Are we seeing a pattern? Ray, Poe, and Finn totally make sense as the main three. Uh... How much time has passed? That's a question. I would say one to two years. It's going to be my guess. Maybe five. We don't know. Uh, I'm okay if it's one to two years. Now the question is, how does she fix the lightsaber? Does she know how to force jump? Were the were there force ghosts involved in training her? We've passed on all we know. You know, do we come does the movie come in right after the last jedi and then time jump sort of like avengers endgame did like that would be pretty cool storytelling i'd be in for that uh there would be a gap in time and you know will the audience believe that she has learned all these things big huge issue on twitter is the mary sue argument uh you know i just roll my in fact i've blocked any hashtag that has mary sue in it just because I just think that's a stupid argument. Who cares where they got powerful? Okay, take it for what it is. You know, you you want a character that has a little bit of depth to it. You want a character that has some conflict. Are they on that hero's path? Are they a tragic character? Are they a dynamic character? Listen, Ray is all of those things. You know, people had issues with her all of a sudden using force powers. Well, I read a great argument on Twitter about it in terms of, you know, first off, my my feelings on the Force is that, you know, the Force chooses where it wants to go, and, you know, the Jedi attempting to uh, turn it into academia obviously didn't work. You know, it worked for a long time, but within a matter of 10 years, 8 years, it was completely uprooted. Well, the Jedi have been around for generations, what, what a thousand years? What happened within a fifteen-year span? You know, did they get cocky? Uh, was there hubris? Uh, there's a lot of things that go into it. So, the way Luke portrays himself in the Last Jedi is kind of appropriate for the story. Did I want him to be able to force take down a star destroyer? For sure, that would be great. But I sort of appreciated the fact that he was sort of judgmental toward the Force. You know, he was judgmental toward the Jedi. You know, he went on journeys and learned in his absence about the Force. And that is one of the things that you can't control. The Force is something that cannot be controlled. Now, with that being said, how does Rey control it? Some guiding light helping her along... You know, is the legend of the Force something that she just automatically believes in? Unlike Luke, who, you know, in Empire Strikes Back, I can't, I can't believe it. 
and Yoda says, well, that's why he failed. <laughs> you know, you kind of have to believe that you can do it. So maybe Ray has heard, and this is the, uh, the theory from Twitter, maybe Ray has heard of the Force and has like this, you know, expectation of it. So maybe she just tried. Like, is that okay? Maybe she just tried to use it. And when she was getting probed by Kylo Ren, maybe she just reversed it on him. And it worked. So, you know, feedback, okay. I do something, and it worked, and it it was enjoyable, so I'm going to try it again. And, well, you know, I know they can, like, lift and move things, so let me try this. You know, and so that's the way I kind of look at it. So now, the rise of Skywalker, she appears to have enhanced her abilities. Should we see it on screen? It would be nice. Do we need to? I don't. I mean, the time gap between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, all of a sudden Luke's pulling his lightsaber to him. When did that happen? Uh, Who knows? Are we okay with that? If Twitter was back in 1987, would that have been an issue? Do we need to have the answer to everything? I don't, you know. I'll have my questions, and maybe it gets answered in a book. I'm a big book reader, but for the casual fan... Will it matter? You know, for Endgame, I thought it was cool, spoilers, that Captain America picked up Thor's hammer. But I obviously missed a reference in the comic book because, although cool, I didn't really care (laughs) either way. So, you know, like it was a cool scene for him spinning it around and flying and all that jazz. But for me, it's not going to make or break the movie, whether or not he picked that hammer up or didn't. You know, the movie is the movie, so the storyline is the story. So, what is the story of Rise of Skywalker? Who is Skywalker? Is Skywalker uh, a person? Is Skywalker an ideal? Do we get cameos from older Skywalkers? Does Anakin make a Force Ghost appearance? Does Hayden Christensen, Christensen come back? I'll tell you right now, they'll win the fans immediately if Hayden Christensen is somehow in this movie. And if he talks about sand, I think they'll go crazy. I like it would be amazing if Hayden Christensen came back. It would be amazing if Mace Window came back. Could you imagine Samuel L. Jackson makes an appearance in this movie as a Force Ghost? Now we know that Force Ghost is a specialized training that Qui Gon learned that training, and then he passed it on to Obi Wan. And you know, I think uh, Qui Gon passed it on to Yoda, and that's why Yoda can end. And all of a sudden, Anakin Skywalker can learn how to do it. You know, it makes no sense at the end of Return of the Jedi, but hey, that's okay. We can, you know, allow that uh, mistake or story fodder uh, past us because, you know, the stories are already set in stone. You know, you can't really retcon something that's already been out there. So we have Kylo Ren. Does he get redeemed? I don't know. Do I want him redeemed? Uh, I'd like to see him sacrifice himself. Maybe he's flying the Falcon with Chewie, you know, and take something out, and maybe the Falcon is destroyed, and the epilogue of the Rise of Skywalker is you have Chewie and Rey working on repairing it, and, and, you know, she makes it her own, and the story kind of ends with that. Um... Do we get any major character deaths? Obviously, Leia's going to go. You know, that's without a doubt. Does Poe die? Does Finn die? 
Do any of the other characters matter? I don't care if Rose dies or doesn't die. Her character is irrelevant to me. Uh, do I need the small battalion of resistance members? Not really. Um, you know, will will Ray die? Will we care if Kylo dies? I think General Hux is gone for sure. I think Kylo Ren's going to take him out ASAP when that movie begins. Um, will it matter if they die? Do they have to die? If they don't die, does that mean something? I don't know. This is all good questions that I'm kind of coming up with, and feel free to answer them, you know, and, and get back to me. We have, obviously, some nice action scenes, and, you know, I imagine that the last latter part of this movie is going to tie into a lot of things that happened in the saga. I hope there's a lot of throwbacks. I hope we can see some things again, maybe from each movie. You know, like a, like a, how cool would it be if they found, like, uh, the head of a battle droid, you know, and it had some sort of, like, memory in it that they were, you know, like a clue to something on the Death Star, you know, and they, and that somehow helps them get there. And maybe they visit Kashyyyk and Chewie's home world, which was liberated, you know, in the meantime, you know, in the Aftermath series and that, you know, that would be cool. You know, do we see Chewie's family? Do uh, we see Lando's family? Does Lando have a daughter? I'm, I'm assuming yes. They're being very coy about it, but I'm assuming that he has a daughter. Um, who's it with? We'll, we'll find out. Why are they going to the Death Star? You know, I have theories on this, and that theory will come to fruition when we talk about the next sort of, well, in, in a couple segments, to the books that are coming out. The journey to the rise of Skywalker. I read a lot of the journey to The Last Jedi, and if you are a reader, then that will certainly help you fill in some of the gaps. But again, I have to think like the casual fan. Well, not really casual. Like, why would you see the Star Wars movie? Because you've seen the last eight? Well, why'd you watch, why'd you watch the first eight? Because you're a fan, right? So, are you just a, I like to watch the movie once and move on? Will you watch the movie more than once? We'd have to categorize fandom, but uh, I would say that if you, if you can just put it on in the background and you're okay with it, you're more than a casual fan. If you're only going to see it once, then... Yeah, you're a casual fan, and if you're a rewatcher, then I would recommend reading some of these books or listening to future podcasts, reviewing the books and reading some segments from them. Tease, mm-hmm. tease. So we see the remnants of the Death Star. Now, whether or not it's Death Star 1, Death Star 2, I'm assuming Death Star 2 with the laugh of Palpatine, uh, We, I would imagine that Palpatine is not alive, that he is alive in some sort of spirit-like form. Uh, There are many, many, many bits of evidence in the comics that I've read that have Sith having the ability to inhabit inanimate objects and hold their spirit there to pass on some of their lessons. We know 
in Battlefront 2 that the Emperor recorded his voice and instructions on a... Uh, not Praetorian Guard. Hmm. Losing the words. The Red Guards. And uh, he was still giving orders... Posthumous? What's that word? When you're de- when you're already dead, you know, I, I, whatever that word is. So we know that he is a calculator, right? Maybe he foresaw that the rebels were going to win. Although he tells Luke that everything that he's seen, he has foresaw. You're rebel you know fleet is dying you can't win come to the dark side and i can change this all you know a rough summary of return of the jedi and i don't think he saw darth vader uh turning on him well at least in the movie doesn't seem so but in the comics palpatine has always suspected that vader will overturn him so i imagine that vader will, or I imagine that Palpatine created a contingency to the contingency plan just in case Vader did betray him. And I think that's what we have going on here. I think he knew that there's a possibility of him dying, so I bet you he infused his spirit into some kind of object that was away from the Death Star. And my guess is that they are going, Ray and company, Ray Pofin, they're going to go on some sort of Horcrux journey, like Harry, Ron, and Hermione, which I'm good with. I like, you know, objectives and collection and, you know, seeing different stuff and talking to different people. You know, it sort of all started out with the Lore Santeca scene with The Force Awakens when, oh, we got the map. And that didn't pay off until the very end, but, you know, what if... They're following clues and trying to gather all these items or destroy items to figure out how to finally put down Palpatine. And then I imagine that there will be some sort of mega force ghost scene where they're all helping Rey and quite possibly Kylo turned Ben Solo take that evil power down for good. You know, that's a pretty... I mean, that's a pretty cool theory. Not my, again, these theories are not my own. It's what I read on Twitter. It's what I read from different people on Twitter. Uh, Pete comes to mind. And I don't have your last name, but uh, I've connected with him. He wrote a nice fanfic of The Phantom Menace called Duel of the Fates. And I've read a bit of it. I I don't really like reading on my phone. I, I like a physical book, but I pop it. up every once in a while and and read and he's done a pretty good job at fleshing out the phantom menace and kind of giving us a little bit more detail where detail wasn't but anyways i digress the rise of skywalker i think will it surpass force awakens i don't think so i think the last jedi has made sure that 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 won't happen um i hope that it brings the Skywalker saga to a fitting close. I hope that people can find some resolution. I hope that it doesn't retcon a lot of stuff in The Last Jedi because, again, I am a Last Jedi pro person in terms of 
it needed to be different. If it was more of the same, people would have been comfortable, but not great with it. The fact that it was, it you know, the fact that it created all this conversation is a good thing. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a really good thing. You know, no one really talks about Return of the Jedi because Return of the Jedi is not really a great movie. Not, 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 not at all. You know, it's, it's okay. Space battles are cool. Ewoks are cute. But it's not a good movie. It's not a movie that you continue talking about. But people continue talking about Empire Strikes Back. You know, because of all the twists and turns. People keep talking about The Last Jedi because of all the twists and turns. You can make connections like that. And that's the connections I make. Maybe you've made different connections. And please, please, please share them with me. I'm more than willing to listen. Or read. Whatever. But guess what? This podcast cannot exist without the We Pod Squad network. The guys over at We Podcast and We Know Things, a wonderful podcast. In fact, a podcast that is nearly 130 plus episodes at this point. Greg and Sam, pioneers, entrepreneurs, and go-getters. Check out their weekly podcast for a deep dive into all things pop culture. I do throw them on every couple of weeks because I need to catch up on all the news that I've missed while at work. I can't tell you where, when Greg sleeps. I don't think he does. It's official. He's a robot. Sam, I know he sleeps. He's, he's often tired on the podcast drinking his, you know, insane coffees and culottas from Dunkin' Donuts. But please follow, like, and subscribe to their social accounts to interact and catch the latest news breaks before anyone else. Oftentimes, I have to try to catch Star Wars stuff out before Greg does. And that is a tough, tough feat. I was actually able to get some reactions to Rise of Skywalker, but I had to also stop all production in school. I was like, listen, we got to watch this. You know, bear with me. I need to get some news stories out. So, uh, Greg and Sam, great job. To the listeners out there, follow them, listen to them. It's wonderful. Well, it is May 22nd, and this is breaking news today. This morning, Vanity Fair came out with their exclusive coverage of The Rise of Skywalker. I read the entire thing front to back, left to right, diagonal to diagonal, and holy moly did it reveal a lot about the movie that we really didn't know before. Some speculations have come true, but there are some really nice nuggets in this article. I highly recommend you go read it for yourself. But if you don't want to read it for yourself, I'll give you the highlights of it. First and foremost... There was uh, some hidden gems inside the picture caption. So we have the planet Pasana, Pasana, P-A-S-A-A-N-A. And that is the uh, desert-like area that is shown in the opening shot of the trailer, the teaser. We have a picture of the Knights of Ren, and holy wow, do they look menacing. The weapons, the gear... Wow, the Resistance has a lot to uh, fight for. 
one little bit of note is that it is amazing to acknowledge that this is 42 years of storytelling coming to a close and J.J. Abrams has to be the one to make it happen. So just let that seep in for a little bit. Uh, we learn about the masked scoundrel, Zori Bliss, uh, played by Carrie Russell. And uh, she looks pretty cool, though we can't see her face. And she's located in the thieves' quarter of Kajimi, Kahimi, Kajimi, K-I-J-I-M-I. And it is a snow-ish type of planet. J.J. Abram was reflecting on how he was going to go about tackling the rise of Skywalker. And he really wanted to do it his own way. And my guess is that he's going to have threads from the other films inside this movie, somehow tying it all neatly together in a nice little bow would be nice. We see the first picture of Allegiant General Pride, played by Richard Grant, and he looks pretty menacing, maybe a mentor to General Hux. The idea of the original Star Wars movie was the return of a king with a hero's journey, and uh, you know that is a pretty awesome little nugget because the rise of Skywalker will probably not be that way. So we have you know, two completely different storytelling styles. But one thing that is pretty cool is that we're likely to get the First Order origins in the rise of Skywalker. We've heard whispers of the First Order. We've seen them in some other canon material. But the question remains is, where did they actually come from? So I'm interested to see how they go about completing this little thread. Uh, when Star Wars was first written, it was just a shot in the dark. And then as the movies came out, the rules changed. And then as the sequels came out, the rules changed again. So we have to consider the fact that these are not the same stories that we heard before in the 70s. There's different influences about the stories, and that should uh, be considered when watching you know, the sequel trilogy in The Rise of Skywalker. Anthony Daniels said that the only thing he can reveal is a line that he had trouble saying with the words common emblem. We're not sure what that means, but he said that it was difficult. He also teases that C-3PO will potentially do something that surprises everyone. Lando, of course, back, and a funny line from him is that he gets catches a lot of flack for his decisions in Empire Strikes Back, but his counter-argument is that, hey, nobody died, so what's the big deal? There is speculation that there could be a final smash in this movie, a final smash, but will the First Order learn from the past of the Empire? Will they do the same things? Or will they find a new tactic? Will the Resistance find a way to permanently uh, destroy the evil? The rise of Skywalker will bring some sort of epic conflict to a close of the Jedi and the Sith. That would be insane if they were able to do that. In a, uh, more pictures, we see uh, Finn on uh, a horse-type creature with the caption saying that they're going against a mechanized First Order. So it's kind of like a, you know, Wild West horses versus, like, the iron fleet of the new technology. Ray and Kylo 
They're calling it a maybe bond. Are there deeper connections to this maybe bond? At the end of The Last Jedi, we see the door, we see the hatchway close. And does that mean that everything's closed? We don't know. Very interesting tidbit is that Carrie Fisher and Billy Lord are in scenes together. J.J. Abrams asked if uh, Billy would like to be in different scenes or written around the scenes of Carrie, but she said that it would be pretty dynamic to be in scenes, so that's going to be pretty heart-wrenching when they're digitally put together. Adam Driver claims that there was a camaraderie created between him and Ray, or Kylo and Ray, and will that actually close or will it be fostered? Does Adam Driver and Kylo Ren fear the past? Maybe it's about crushing pressure and massive expectations of being the only, you know, family Jedi in the galaxy that is under Legend Luke Skywalker and Legend Leia. So maybe that's where a lot of his problems and issues are stemming from. Will Kylo Ren confront those fears or be destroyed? The article then goes on to say that Rey will certainly have progressed in training. And will she bring the Order back all by herself? Rey and Kylo are inverses of each other. Rey craves a family while Kylo despises a family. Daisy Ridley goes on to say that Kylo was lucky that he had a family, and she even dropped the F-bomb which is pretty, like, wild to see that and read that. Like, you would never think from Daisy Ridley, but I got to respect that. That's pretty cool. The Rise of the Skywalker, what does it mean? Does it mean Ben? Does it mean Rey? Does it mean a new Jedi Order? What was uh, interesting about Rey using the Force in The Last Jedi is that she had a cool focus face. At least that's what the article says. But what was more interesting is that the rocks that are actually lifted in The Last Jedi are actually real and are on string, which is pretty, pretty cool. They briefly went over a Finn love story, which is cool, I guess. The Rise of Skywalker takes place about a year after The Last Jedi, so we have a little bit more of a definitive answer there. We have Ray, Finn, and Poe finally together. Kathleen Kennedy comments on a factory approach to Star Wars and how... They have to evolve differently than a Marvel Cinematic Universe. So it's pretty cool to see her acknowledging the fact that Star Wars has to go a different direction. How can The Rise of Skywalker be faithful to the original stories but also connected to 2019? Abrams has to let Abrams be Abrams. He shouldn't be copying off other filmmakers. He has to do it himself. And it seems like he's doing it in this movie. In fact, he says that it felt renegade. He said that in making scenes fit together, that if it felt right, then it has to happen. Speaking of, you know, stepping into someone else's shoes, this movie is going to be real, meaning that the characters currently are dealing with all the debt that has come before them, and they have to preserve that sense of freedom. So that sort of goes along with what we're dealing with today in our own world. Scrolling down the article, we have a wonderful, awesome photo of Mark Hamill and R2-D2, and he looks great. But the big question that we have to pose is do we have what it takes to take down the First Order? 
They have to figure out the conditions of a permanent victory over the forces of darkness. I got to say, I couldn't be more excited for the rise of Skywalker now after getting all those little nuggets. It seems like like if I were to highlight this out, the idea of a Jedi-Sith conflict is crazy to me. The idea that there would be little tie-ins to every single movie is just awesome. There should be a sense of nostalgia. There should be a sense of action, and there should be a sense of close. They must resolve this story somehow. Through any means possible, they must resolve this story. The Rise of Skywalker, opening December 20th, 2019. A mere seven months away. Tell me your thoughts of the Vanity Fair article. Did you read it? What was your favorite parts? Let me know. All right, the next topic I'd like to cover is uh, the news of new Star Wars content coming out in 2022, 24, and 26, and just speculating about it. So we find out that uh, D.B. Weiss and Bainhoff, uh, again, not sure how to pronounce the names, but the writers and creators of Game of Thrones have been given the green light to work on this film, series, trilogy. So many questions. Uh, One, where does this take place? When does this take place? Who is this going to be about? Will there be a seed from the current story planted into this story just to make the small connection? Or will this be standalone trilogy? I don't know where I fall right now. I need a little bit more detail. But what I can tell you is that Star Wars needs... Star Wars needs this break between the rise of Skywalker to the next feature film. It needs a break to separate itself from the saga. The saga that has been with us for more than 40 years, it needs to separate itself. The story cannot move anywhere without this resolving. So after December of this year, which is seven months away, we should have more information. Of course, I don't think we're getting any information until after the rise of Skywalker. But it's pretty interesting that for the stakeholders, stockholders, stakeholders, whatever, you know, they have to release a timeline, a scope and sequence, so people can kind of get an idea of where Disney is going. And, you know, they're moving Avatar back because of this. Avatar's already been moved back. Do we even need Avatar movies, in my opinion? No. I didn't really like the first Avatar. If I wanted to watch Avatar... I would just put on Pocahontas. It's the same thing. Oh, the visuals are great. That's normal today. Sorry. It's normal. They were able to make Iron Man appear in nanotech. I don't really need to see the Navi connect with a being. No thanks. It's I've seen it before. Look at Thanos. Look at the tech behind him. He looked great. No one blinked one eye that he wasn't actually real. You know? So... Uh, Avatar, thumbs down, but Star Wars, thumbs up. 2022, 24, and 26. So let's do a little math. So 19 to 22, that's three years. I bet you they got something in development, maybe like a small plot line right now. But I'll be 33 when that comes out. Pretty interesting number. I'll probably have two kids by then. I will probably be living in the same house and driving, hopefully, the same cars. You know, knock on wood. 
I just I I have so many questions as to what it could be. So, you know, stay tuned for more speculation about that as uh, news outlets hit and you know clues are uncovered. Uh, I will bring you the latest I have on the new Star Wars content that is coming out. So stay tuned for that. Moving on, I briefly talked in the Rise of Skywalker trailer about the journey to Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker publishing program. And this is a very cool little program that Lucasfilm does to tie in some of the movies to... Uh, or tie in some of the books to the movie that's coming out. So I'm just going to kind of read a little bit of this article that came out on May 4th, 2019. Uh, Lucasfilm unveils the complete journey to Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker publishing program. It's an exclusive. A galaxy of stories leading to the final film in the Skywalker saga is on the way. The journey to Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker publishing program is our biggest and boldest film tie-in program yet. We've got exceptionally talented authors, artists, and publishers creating content for fans of all ages. While these titles will include some hints and Easter eggs for the new film, the majority of these titles will feature all new stories set following the events of Star Wars The Last Jedi. Our journey to books and comics will star Ray, Finn, Poe, Rose, and of course Leia, Chewie, the droids, and the First Order. Here you'll get a glimpse at both the state of the galaxy and some of the ongoing battles between the Resistance and the First Order. As fans prepare for the Rise of Skywalker and the epic conclusion to the saga, these stories are not to be missed. My goodness was I giddy when this news came out. Again, I am a book collector, I'm a book reader. This is what I was waiting for. Let's start off with the first one. Star Wars titled Resistance Reborn. You can't see it, but I can. It is a large photo of Poe with Leia by his uh, left ear. Underneath of Leia, the starboard symbol of the rebels. Inside the starboard symbol, you have Finn in front of Finn. Prominently in the center is Ray. To the left of Ray is an X-Wing and the Millennium Falcon. And it is orange, yellow, and red in nature. Resistance reborn. Spoiler alert, I guess they didn't die at the last at the end of The Last Jedi. The description is this. It's an adult novel written by Rebecca Roanhorse. What I've noticed with the canon books is that they have a great diverse author group. It's not just all guys, it's not just all girls, it's a great mix. Publisher is by Del Rey, as usual. In this journey to Star Wars, the Rise of Skywalker novel, Poe Dameron, General Leia Organa, Rey, and Finn must struggle to rebuild the Resistance after their defeat at the hands of the First Order in Star Wars, The Last Jedi. This is on sale one month prior to the Rise of Skywalker coming out. Dear, what? You got less than three three to four weeks to read this sucker? Oh, my gosh. Coming out November 12th, 2019. Really, really looking forward to it. I am very interested to see how, again, it's going to help us kind of fill in the time gap of what happened between The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker. Next book. Star Wars, titled Force collector 
by Kevin Shinnick. Shinnick. This is published by Disney Lucasfilm Press. It's a young adult novel. Here is the description. In this journey to Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, young adult novel set just before The Force Awakens, hmm, a, re- a restless teenager sets out to discover what connection his mysterious Force powers have to the fabled Jedi and what the Force has in store for him. Aha! Very curious concept. So the Force Collector book takes place prior to The Force Awakens, further establishing the fact that the Force decides to choose who has the Force and who doesn't, and how this kid is going to learn about this ancient but present power. I believe this will tie in to The Rise of Skywalker with my Palpatine theory shared with Pete of them collecting objects that have Palpatine's uh, Sith influence in them and bringing them together and also destroying them to get rid of him once and for all. Well, the cover of Force Collector has a teenager in a hood with black hair. He's holding some sort of staff. He has a stormtrooper, old-school stormtrooper bucket head strapped around his back along with a knapsack and messenger bag, and he is moving through a desert-like planet, I suppose, which kind of looks similar to the desert planet in The Rise of Skywalker. Just made that connection live, coming to you live now is, you know, the mountainous terrain and the desert area by Kevin Scheinick coming soon. Very, very curious. Moving on to the comic world, Star Wars Allegiance is debuting. Uh, I'm sorry, Force Collector comes out 11-19, five days after Resistance Reborn. So again, now it's two books that I got to crush before The Rise of Skywalker. Thanks, Star Wars and Disney. Thank you for giving me no time to do that. Uh, Marvel Comics is coming out with Allegiance. It's a comic miniseries. Here's the description. On the run since the destruction of Starkiller Base, General Leia and the remaining handful of Resistance have barely managed to survive, much less strike back against the superior forces of the First Order. Running low on options, Leia decides to reach out to her former allies, the Mon Calamari, whose shipyards once powered the Rebel Alliance, and this is going to be a one, two, three, four comic mini series. But this one's coming out in October. Okay, so the month of October will feature these four comics. Uh, seems pretty interesting. And again, uh, let's see where this goes. I'm hoping it happens after the Last Jedi, but we shall see. Right up my daughter's alley, the kids and tween fiction. A Little Golden Book, Star Wars, We Are the Resistance. Join Leia, Rey, Finn, Poe, Chewbacca, Rose, BB-8, and all the brave heroes of the Resistance in their fight against the First Order. Featuring stunning retro-stylized illustrations, the book includes iconic scenes from The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, and The Rise of Skywalker. 
excuse me, this is coming out October 4th, and it's going to have scenes from The Rise of Skywalker. Will it just be scenes from the teaser trailers? We don't know. But the cover is pretty cool. It has Star Wars in the middle in white with the starbird behind it, but around the starbird is a circle. So that's an interesting icon. You have the Millennium Falcon on the left. We have various ships, X-Wing, Y-Wings, A-Wings on the right-hand side. Ray prominently shown in the middle. Lightsaber ignited. Chewbacca in the back. To the left of Ray is Finn. To the left of Finn is Poe. To the right of Ray is Leia. Bottom right, bottom left is DB and BB-8. And then C-3PO and R2-D2 all on the cover. Very cool. Uh, and then we'll briefly touch on, you know, chapter books, level two chapter books, first order villains, resistance heroes, choose your destiny books, a Finn and Poe adventure. That should be cute. I probably won't read it. Uh, you have Star Wars Spark of the Resistance. It's a a similar looking book to the, th- the they're like black and red books. And this is when a distress plea, this is by Justina Ireland. When a distress plea goes up from the isolated planet Minfar, resistance heroes Ray, Poe, and Rose hear the call. Together they will face down a First Order battalion, terrifying flying creatures, and a weapon that could change the course of the war. So I'm assuming, again, this, you know, I guess they're doing missions between The Last Jedi and uh, The Rise of Skywalker. And maybe... Kind of, this is, will fill in the gaps of how she gets her powers. Who knows? Star Wars Adventures is coming out. It's a kid's comic. Uh, and that's going on sale in October, November, and December. Looks like it's three parts. We have the Ultimate Star Wars New Edition, which is the fully updated, comprehensive, and detailed encyclopedia exploring the characters, creatures, locations, vehicles, and technology found throughout the entire galaxy. I will 100% be getting that because it has a sneak peek at Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, also coming out October 4th. Uh, Stickers, a sticker book. Ships and Battles, the movie-making magic of ships and battles. Uh, Novelty, like uh, pop-up books for the galaxy. Uh, You have a... What is this? Oh, uh, one of those um, children's books that has sounders to it, like buttons that you can press. Book and magnetic playset. Like, oh my God, the, the amount of stuff that's coming out is just crazy. A search and find book, which is cool if you're into that kind of stuff. And then, of course, the art of The Rise of Skywalker, which I have not really ever gotten into the art books, but maybe I'll collect them now. And then, of course, I will be getting the visual dictionary of The Rise of Skywalker to... Uh, round out my collection of The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. And then, of course, after the movie comes out, you know, 1220, uh, the official novel will come out, and I will certainly grab that for sure. The Galaxy Needs You, a kid's fiction book. Have you ever stopped to think about how there is nobody else in the galaxy who is exactly like you? This empowering picture book celebrates young heroes in the making and features illustrations that follow Rey on her own hero's journey and i can already hear the mary sue arguments it's just a kid's book everybody relax 
Uh, the guide to the Rise of Skywalker is coming out in 1220. So this is just super exciting. Again, oh my gosh, the books. The books will tell the story for sure. So uh, again, in future podcasts, stay tuned for a full... You don't want to read the book? No problem. I got you. I will break that book down for you. No questions asked. I will tell you the storylines. I will tell you the characters. I will tell you how they tie in. Just stay tuned for that. And uh, hopefully... That will appease your eardrums. Anybody want to go to Disneyland with me to see Galaxy's Edge? Who's in? Who's in? You? You? DM me. Let's make this happen. Star Wars Galaxy's Edge will have a soft opening May 31st at Disneyland. That is 16 days away. It is May 15th, 2019. But what can fans expect in terms of Galaxy's Edge wait times and long lines? At the new themed land. Now, of course, they got to have a soft opening to see, you know, to make sure that their people are trained and all that fun stuff. But they are hoping that people will experience this land in four hour windows. I don't know how they're going to enforce this, but I imagine it's via the magic band. But you'll be able to experience everything that Galaxy's Edge has to offer, but in only in four hour windows windows they need to get people in they need to get people out they need to get feedback expect disneyland to issue colored wristbands to boarding pass groups this will make it easier to determine when each visitor's four-hour time limit has expired okay that makes sense smugglers run only one of the two galaxy edge attractions will be operational on opening day that seems silly the smugglers run flight simulator will let riders climb into the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon and take the controls of the fastest hunk of junk in the galaxy. The rise of the Resistance Dark Ride will open later this year. Boo. Fast passes for a smugglers run ride won't be available during the soft opening. So smugglers run can handle 1,800 riders per hour, which means, and they're estimating that it will be a three-hour wait. So that means that 5,400 people could be waiting in line for Smuggler's Run. That's incredible. That's an incredible amount of time to wait. That means 5,400 people could be waiting in line at any time. That's wild. You know, I know that the atmosphere will be great. I know there's going to be bathroom passes. I know you're going to be able to do stuff, but that's an incredible amount of time. I'd wait. No questions asked. Here's my battery chargers. (laughs) I'll read the Duel of the Fates book. No problem. Watch me wait. Uh, after you handle Smuggler's Run, you'll have about 40 minutes to handle anything else you want to do, like building your own lightsaber and droids, experiencing the food, drinking some drinks in the cantina, real drinks, drinks that open up at 8 a.m. apparently, uh, waiting in merchandise-specific queues in terms of um, only Star Wars Galaxy's Edge stuff will be sold in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. I don't think there's any Mickey Mouse stuff in this. You know, so how long will it take to... Get into that land, who knows? But I can tell you right now that I am actually headed to Anaheim this December for a few days for a conference, and I'm thinking about heading over to Disneyland. And if I do so, uh, get ready for pictures, get ready for lots of stuff that I will bring to you in, uh, you know, seven months' time. I will bring uh, my reactions and experience of Galaxy's Edge to you if I do decide to go to Disneyland. So that kind of wraps up the Galaxy's Edge news. So now, to finish up this podcast, which we're nearing the hour mark, 
which I'm just shocked at. I didn't really think I was going to be able to get a full hour out of this. Because I have a passion for Legos and due to the content of this podcast, you know, I am tech-oriented, but this time our random article will drop on the Lego Star Wars 20th anniversary sets and minifigures. So Lego Star Wars has been around for 20 years. That is 66% of my life has been dedicated to Lego Star Wars. And I just want to talk to you about the sets that have, are coming out, or that are actually out now. First, the Slave One, 20th Anniversary Edition. I've built the Slave One before, but not in this detail, so I will probably be picking this up. It's about $120, and comes with uh, one, two, three, four, five minifigures, and the Carbonite, and uh, a handle to uh, carry the Slave One. And it just looks like a cool little design, so I'm looking forward to building that. The Snowspeeder 20th Century Edition. Uh, I will probably also be getting this too for $40. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm getting every single one of them. For $40, it comes with the 20th Anniversary Lando with three minifigures, a Snowspeeder and a Gunner from uh, the Battle of Hoth. Anakin's Pod Racer 20th Anniversary Edition retails for $30. Already bought and built. Time-lapsed. Check out my channel. I live stream my Lego builds. Why? Because people are weird, and because I'm weirder. Check out the live stream, check out my discussion. Comes with three minifigures, Mini Anakin, Padme, and Luke Skywalker's classic. Uh, you know what? I think I lied to you. The clone Scout Walker, I'm not really interested in getting, but it does come with traditional Darth Vader, and it comes with one, two, three minifigures with a camo... Uh, clone trooper, so probably will be picking that up. It's only $30, so that's not so bad. Uh, Imperial Dropship, kind of, I don't really, you know, understand where the dropship's coming in. It says it's from a Star Wars Legend set, uh, so it comes with a Black Shadow Trooper and three Storm Troopers. Again, the only reason why I would get it is for the minifigures. The ship itself is kind of silly looking, so uh, total totaling out, you got 20 Let's see, 50, 80, 120. So you're in at $250 to get all of these sets, which include very special minifigures. And uh, rest assured, I will be getting them all, and I will be live streaming the builds down the line. So again, follow me on Twitch, follow me on YouTube, subscribe to me. Uh, on all the platforms to get the latest gizmos and gadgets and reviews and all that fun stuff. Well, as always, to finish up, I like shouting out the We Pod Squad Network, We Podcast, and We Know Things. Uh, they're wonderful, wonderful support in uh, making this podcast happen. Greg and Sam, kudos to you. Keep doing what you're doing because you're doing a great job. And hopefully we can gain a couple of more followers, you know, more specifically in the Star Wars sense, to uh, your ever-expanding network. So I will leave you with a few discussion thoughts and questions before I sign off. Question number one, speaking to the rise of Skywalker. After all this time, after celebration, are you still excited for the rise of Skywalker? Is your... Uh, excitement waned? Do you feel the hype 
like you felt for The Force Awakens? It's a bad comparison because the answer is probably no, but let me know. Let me know via Twitter. Let me know via Facebook. Number two. Where do you think the 2022 Star Wars movies are going? Let me know in comments. Let me know over Twitter uh, where you think it's going to go. Again, speculation is tough at this time. Number three. Do you plan on buying any of the Journey to the Rise of Skywalker books? If so, which ones? And why? Number four. Will you eventually get to Galaxy's Edge Will you wait for the crowds to subside? subside? Will you try to be the first person there? How's that going to work for you? Do you plan on going? And that wraps up our discussion questions. So with that being said, my name is Sean. This was the last podcast presented by MRC Tech. Officially, episode one, signing off. And as always, may the Force be with you.